Amen. All right. Um, those of you who were not here last week, Jen taught class, and she talked about um, how to get into a passage and to use your imagination and to visualize. And it was a wonderful, wonderful class. And uh, she said, uh, as you enter into your time, you want to agree uh, with Scripture and be thankful and then uh, receive revelation from a passage and to keep it. Now, if you were not here, remember that uh, we are recording each of these classes. So if you want to go and listen to that, uh, it's on our website. And I want to encourage you to get it and download it because it will be a great practice for you in your own uh, spiritual journey of learning to get into the Scripture because using your imagination really helps keep the Word into your, in your heart. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more uh, today. Now, uh, on the 5th, I started a, a series, uh, started uh, lessons on our heart. And what, what Andy has talked to us about here is that we have three different aspects of, of our lives. We have the spirit, which is our conscience, intuition, and communion. You have your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. And you have your body, which is strength and beauty, food, drink, and rest. And, we've, uh, and if you haven't ever heard this before, this, this is something that takes a while to process in your mind. It's not, even though the words are easy to see and grasp initially, but to understand how that works is a challenge sometimes. Now, uh, what I want us to understand, we talked about last, uh, a couple of weeks ago, that when we think of hearts, it's not synonymous with spirit and soul. For instance, David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. The scriptures don't give us a one concise sentence definition of what a heart is. There's a thousand six verses in the Old and New Testament that refer to the heart. And the heart means the same thing in the Old Testament as it does in the New Testament. So it's all, all the same. But when you look at all the, the, the passages, the heart is a braided set of beliefs that forms our character and our identity. In other words, our heart rides between our spirit and our soul. This is where our belief system is. This is the interface between our soul and our spirit. If we're going to change our life, it begins here. Not here. Not here. It begins here. Because that is a soil. You, you know the parable of the soils? Well, that's referring to the heart. It's where you sow the seeds. And so as we, as we look at that, and I'm just going to briefly go over these. Uh, whatever you sow, you reap. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Now your heart can be directed or set in a particular direction. Jesus called the crowd to him. And he says, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside you can defile you by going into you. Rather, it's what comes out of you 
that defiles you. So whatever you decide to have in your heart, whatever belief system you have, can either defile you or lead you in righteousness. And your heart compels you along a certain path. So whatever belief system you have is going to help determine what direction you take, whether you think you want to go that way or not. A wise man's heart directs him towards the right, but a foolish man's heart directs him towards the left. So there is what we choose to put in our heart really makes a difference. Now, here's what I... When um, I talked about... I used this rope a couple of weeks ago, and um, you'll notice that this is not just one piece of rope. This, this are several things that are braided or woven together, right? And this is how your belief system is, all right? And everybody has one. And there are strong threads and there are weak threads. Even the bad things can be strong threads. But let me show you something. This, this belief system will either hang you or if you're, if you're in a difficult situation, it can lift you out. It's your belief system. That's, it's your heart. And whatever you feed into your heart is what you're going to become. Are you with me? It's that simple. We want to make it more complicated, but it's that simple. Now, the application of that is a challenge, right? Right? Okay. So, our belief system for any one of us can be a noose or a rope of salvation. All right? Now, here's the key. What you choose to believe, there you go, becomes reality. You don't have to feel it for it to become a belief initially. Are you with me? If that, that's a deception of Satan. If you have to have a warm feeling about something to do what's right, I, there are people that I've hated in my life, but that God has helped me in some cases to be kind to them. Did I like that? No. I hated every moment of it. But I did it because God wanted me to do that. Are you with me? So it's not a matter of emotion and feel good. I've got to be all behind this and I've got to have my own personal conviction. No. It's a choice. Am I going to do right or am I going to do wrong? Am I going to do what God wants me to do or am I going to do what I want to do? Period. Whatever you choose to believe about a situation is what's going to become reality. Whatever you choose to focus on becomes reality. Whatever voice we listen to on a consistent basis becomes reality. Are you with me? Okay. Now, I'm going to quickly do something here just to give you an example of how... Isn't that beautiful? Uh, Okay, uh, there we go. 
That's not the one I wanted. Okay. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But listen to this. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from the holy mountain. I lie down and sleep, and I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear. All of these are choices of focus, choice of who he's going to listen to. Is he going to listen to his enemy? Is he going to listen to Satan throwing those voices in his head? It's a choice of who you're going to listen to. I believe, and, and I'm not going to take time this morning, but I did make note on my paper. I went to the first ten chapters of Psalms, and seven of them, David was making statements like this. Seven out of the first ten. Are you with me? So we're in a situation, and you're being tempted, and you don't want to do what you don't want to do. You make a choice who you're going to listen to, what you're going to focus on. When you're afraid, where are you going to focus? Are you with me? When you feel uh, insecure, where are you going to focus? Who are you going to listen to? What's, we all have these voices. Who are you going to listen to? Now, I'm going to skip from there and go back to this. So whether you feed in faith, fear, love, or pride, it's going to go into your heart and it's going to determine your beliefs, which will determine your character and your identity, and this is who I become. That's how significant this is. That's why it's so very, very important. Okay? And my battery just died. No, I know why. There we go. Now, let's go in. Let's, I'm going to talk to you about three steps this morning. We're not going to get through all three of them, but I'm going to tell you what they are at the end. So I want to go ahead and tell you. So if I'm not moving fast, don't get, don't get bothered because I want to tell you. Step one is planting. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. My child, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. And somebody read this passage last week. Above all, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Okay, Andy has talked about these in our class this fall, right? When, when we interact with God, we have three screens in which we can function from. One is through imagination and impression. And that's what Jen used last week, was imagination and impression. So if you want to go back and look at that, you'll be able to see this one. Memory and analysis is where you memorize, you have a memory of something. Um, and so, and you've analyzed that and you decided what you believe about that, what you choose to accept about that. And then you have senses and drives that says, I'm starving, I'm happy, or I'm not happy. The way I'm living is not bringing me joy. It's not giving me life. It's only bringing me down. 
So a sense and drive can be positive or negative. It can drive me to a good direction or it can be a negative experience that can drive me to God, right? To listen to God and listen to His voice. Now, here's where I want us to stop and get um, practical. <laughs> Let's look at this one right here, memory and analysis. Now, here's where I need you all to participate. And I'm going to ask some of you to give me some feedback if you don't mind. Was there a time when someone spoke words to do you that to this day you have never forgotten? Was there a time when someone spoke words to you that you to this day have never forgotten? Matter of fact, you can you can you can even visualize the scene. Anybody want to share? What a woman. <laughs> Since I was a little girl, and I have all sisters, but I remember my daddy saying over and over, you girls can do anything you put your mind to. You as smart, you as kind, you're important, or whatever. That, you know, it was kind of that sort of a message. Mm-hmm. Over the years, how many times have those words come up to you? Um, maybe a million. In what kind of situations? When I didn't, when I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. That insecurity, mm-hmm. didn't know if, this, if I could or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The power of those words. Anybody else? My mother said, Did y'all hear her? Did y'all hear her back there? Her mom said, you're dumb, you're slow, you can't do anything. I think I can share this. She took piano lessons for five years, and when her stepmom came in, she said she she wasn't any good at playing the piano. And she never played one again. And she never played one again. The power of words and how they connect and what we believe about an experience in our life and what we believe and it's our choice to believe here's what I want you to understand you're not being forced to believe any of this this is a choice this is why planting is so very important this is why planting is essential even when you don't feel like it That's when I say, when you have a quiet time with God, ever what method you choose to use, and you think, well, I didn't get much out of that today, that's a lie. The Holy Spirit is working in your life every moment of every day. God's working in your life every moment of every day to help you not only to experience Him and to know Him, but to experience the abundant life. I didn't want to come to church this morning. You ever had a day where you didn't want to come to church? I'm an elder. I don't want to come to church. I didn't feel like it. I was tired. 
Josh, Josh talked this in his sermon this morning about, uh, you know, someone said, everything I have belongs to God. And he said, quite frankly, I'm not there. Well, here's the thing. We put so much emphasis in America on emotion that it has, it has paralyzed us. It's not about emotion. It's about... That's all right. I've been struggling getting my phone to work the whole time, y'all. She's reading Psalm 7 up here to the rest of us if y'all are missing out. Um, <laughs> see, you can't do that to no man. I lose my train of thought. <laughs> I've been getting him the whole time. Like, this is why I bring a paper Bible. <laughs> uh, but anyway, my, my, my thing is this. We choose to do things because we know it's the loving thing. Now, that's why your heart is not mess. Emotions come out of your heart, but emotions aren't, to, aren't your heart. Are you with me? That's what I want you to see. And if we plant good seeds in, then good emotions are going to come out. Jesus says, if you follow me, I will give you life and I will give you abundant life. But he says, if, and as Andy has talked about with Romans 8, if you are led by the flesh, it will lead, the wages of sin are death. God doesn't have to punish us. We're destroying ourselves. Are you with me? We want to blame God. Don't quit blaming God. It's our choice. It's my, my choice. And so, when, when you're sitting here, and, and you want to memorize words. Um, I had someone in high school, I was in a youth group, and one of the youth leaders I respected a great deal said, Mike, you're a natural leader. But you don't seem to be connected to the internet. <laughs> well, we're not connected to the internet. <laughs> There's something going on up here. Yeah. That's Satan, I guarantee you. <laughs> That's all right. No, you're fine. Um, you're a natural leader. Yes. And thank you, Greg. Greg, great sympathy over here. He, can, uh, he encourages me. Um, and so I believe one of the reasons I ended up going into ministry, one of the reasons I'm serving as an elder is because somebody long ago said, you're a good leader. Now, those words are powerful. I sent everybody an email that if, you, if you're not on our email list, let me know and I'll be, I'll be, we'll be glad to get you on there. But I sent everybody three weeks ago, three pieces of paper that tells who you are in Christ, your identity in Christ, your security in Christ, your confidence in Christ, and you need to tell yourself, I am a child of God. I am of value because Jesus died on the cross for me. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have anything to prove. Because I live by grace. But if I live by grace, I'm going to work harder than the rest of you. Because it's the grace that's working in me. 
not the rules that I have to follow. Are you with me? And so it's important to get words. One of my, um, I went on a, uh, hiked up a 14,000 foot mountain out in Colorado with a youth group when I was out in Little Rock, Arkansas. And we stopped by this stream and they sent us out to meditate. And I, I, I sat by this stream and there was two or three trees right by that stream and I, I meditate on Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked who you listen to, who does not stand in the way of sinners, who you choose to be with, or in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree firmly planted by streams of living water. His leaf does not wither. He always produces a a crop. Jesus has taken this person who's not worthy of anything and planted me in His kingdom. And He's helping my roots grow deep. And the stronger my roots become, the stronger I can resist Satan. Okay? Now, everybody everybody good with this? Okay, now let's go over to senses and drives. <coughs> Jeannie and I has, have counseled, 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 thank you, uh, a lot of couples over the years. And one of the things they would typically say was, I wish it were back the way it was when we first got married. What do you think we told them? Doing those things again. No. I said, no, you don't. Because it was those things you were doing that's led you to. You didn't have the things in place to become any different than what you are right now. You would turn around and make the same choices you've made. Even if you could start over, if you haven't changed the heart, you're going to end up at the same place. I had moral failure in our marriage. I've told many of you this before, but I guarantee you I would never wish that on any, any family, any marriage. But out of that, our marriage wouldn't be what it is today without it. Now, I'm not telling anybody to go out and do that so you can be there. Be smarter than me. Because the pain's, I'm telling you, the pain's not worth it. But I'm telling you that you've got to change this. And so, um, what are some negatives and positives, drives or senses that you can have in your life? You kind of know what I mean when I say senses? What's, what's something in your life that you realized was a part of your life that you didn't like and you want to change it? Anger. Okay. Now, let's just take that a little bit further. I'm not asking you to explain the situations of anger, but I'm asking. But 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 the but what is it about anger that says I don't want this anymore? Well, if I get angry, I lose control. 
and I, I just hate that not to <coughs> do or think or say things that I regret later. Okay. All right. So when you have that sense or that drive, I don't want to be angry. What does that give you an opportunity to do? Well, unfortunately, I haven't taken that opportunity as much as I should. No, no. That, I have a we, we, we don't want to. No. Forget those. None of us are there. Okay. So no, nobody's perfect. Um, but but I want to I want to just focus on what your responses have been to that anger. What have you tried to do to bring about a change with that anger? Well, I prayed about it a lot. I prayed about it, okay. A lot. A lot. All right. I, um, when I see a situation coming that would cause anger, I try to back up and say, okay, okay, be cool. You, know, you can handle it. You can do a good job. Don't Did y'all hear that in the back? Don't let it get away from you. Right. In other words, you, you start recognizing the systems that cause anger, okay? And then you, you are cautious when it comes. So that's wisdom. That's responding to anger in a healthy way, okay? All right? The, sometimes the tendency is I want to memorize all the Scripture where God says don't be angry and don't sin, okay? You, don't, you want to know the Scripture, but what does your focus really need to be on? How can I love my enemies? If you want to bring about transformation, you don't focus on your sin. You focus on what you want to become. Are you with me? I'm not saying you ignore the other passages. I'm not saying that at all. You've got to know if it's right or wrong. But my point is, uh, if I find myself being selfish, I need to focus on being generous. That's where my focus needs to be. Not on being selfish because it's like a rock in the road when you're, when you're riding a bike. If you keep looking at the rock, you're going to hit it. Whatever you focus on is what you're going to become. Whatever you choose to believe, you're going to become. So it's, it's a matter of these senses. So if, if uh, for instance, I, I, I had a time in my life where I said, I'm tired of living up to everybody's expectations. Because about the time I do, they change. And it's never good enough. And so, I came across a passage in John 2, 24, where Jesus says, I entrust myself to no man because I know the heart of man. And I love all you guys. But I'm not going to base my life on you. And so, the only, and, and say, well, everybody, if you go to God, He's going to have expectations. The good thing is, God's expectations don't change. I know what's on the final. He's already told me. It's not a guess. He's not trying to trick me. It's all right there. So I know. Okay? Another one is, I'm exhausted from trying to prove myself of being worthy that people will like me. My, my, uh, my dad was a godly man. And I don't know anybody that was as dedicated of a shepherd in the church than he was. But he, like I, was not perfect. 
But when he was raising me, he would say, that's a good job, but... What do you think I chose to believe about that? I'm never good enough. There's never a time when I'm going, you got it. That's good job. I'm proud of you. You know what? He didn't want me to think that I was perfect. But he did a good job. <laughs> he did a real good job. Because I'm not. And so, uh, but here, here's my thing. And senses and drives, when you, and we're going to read a verse in a minute that talks about tasting and seeing that God is good. But also, when you reach a point in your life, a sense or a drive that says, I don't want to be this way anymore, let the Spirit work in that. Because you don't have to be that way anymore. Jesus came so that you would have the opportunity to change. You can determine whatever direction, whatever path you take in life. And, and let, I'm going to say one thing about this before we go. In our faith tradition, we have poo-pooed on imagination. Don't you like that? That's, that's a Christian cuss word. Y'all didn't get it. And um, we think that if we use our imagination that we're going to get out of control and we're going to lose truth in Scripture. That's a lie. As long as you let Scripture serve as your foundation, the only way you can relate to God in a meaningful way is through your imagination. Because you can't touch Him. You can't feel Him. You can't literally hear His voice. At least I haven't. Now, if you have, wonderful. I'm jealous, but wonderful. <laughs> but I haven't. But when He says... I, love, I so love the world that I, I gave my only begotten Son so that, Mike, you may have life. So that you may be set free. I put my name in that pronoun place or in someone else's place. Are you with me? Okay. All right. The next thing is intentionality. And this I'm going to cover the steps and it's time good time for us to go. Here's what I want you to see about this passage. He he doubles up on each of these. If you accept my words, treasure up my commands within you. In other words, here's your actions. You've got to be willing to accept and if you accept, you've got to be willing to store it. You just I'm all about reading through the Bible in a year. And you need to do that every now and then to get, keep the big picture. But if that's all you do, you're not doing a whole lot of story. Are you with me? Listen. But no, no, no. Don't just listen, but incline your heart to understanding. Apply what you know, what, you, what you're experiencing. Call for it. If you indeed, and cry out. God, I don't get what you're wanting me to do here. I don't know why you... I, God's a big boy. Lay it out there to him. God, I don't get it. About, about six weeks ago, God and I had a shouting match. I didn't actually hear his voice, but I was shouting on my end. And Jeannie was out of town. I was home by myself, and I was fed up. 
And I was just screaming at God. Have you ever wanted to scream at God? And I'm still living to tell about it. I'm not bragging about it and saying I got away with something. I'm just what I'm trying to say is let's be honest with God. He knows what we're thinking. He knew what I was going to say before I said it. So I'm I'm an idiot if I think I can't say it and God not know. So if he knows it, I might as well say it. And then he said, look for, but not just look. That look for to me kind of that occasion as I'm going around. You know, Jeannie, when we would say, Jeannie, where is something in our house? She'd say, it's in the laundry room. I looked in the laundry room. She says, look with mama's eyes. <laughs> My eyes were looking for. Mama's eyes is searching. It means you've got to pick something up and look under things. You've got to actually open the cabinets and look inside. <laughs> Are you with me? So we're, we're talking about to, in order for you to plant things in your life, you've not only got to plant, but you've got to be very intentional. Not only intentional, but have intensity. Okay, the next thing is once... Here, here's something I'm not real sure... I... I, I have a little bit of a question of whether we do much of because I think we feel like it's boasting. What you have heard from me, though, through many witnesses, entrust to faithful people who will be able to teach others. This is one of my favorite passages um, in 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. John says, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. What's going to make your joy complete? By sharing what you've learned and planting the seed in what you've experienced. You're not boasting about where you are spiritually. You're just telling people what God has done in your life. Because you couldn't have gotten there without Him, right? And so let me tell you where God has led me. And then at the end, He says, Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in all things. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Isn't it? Satan has a part. You can go to Matthew 13. Y'all study this. He's going to do whatever he can to keep the word out of your heart. Okay? If you, don't, if you do not take time to understand it, what's he going to come and do? He's going to come and take it away. How many times have you read a scripture and you've gone, I should be living that by now. Well, there's a reason why you're not living it now. Because you never sought to understand it and apply it. Really? Okay. Next one. Rocky ground. Here's the word. Receives it, but no root. And when trouble or persecution comes, and then thorns, the cares of the world and the lure of wealth. So there's reasons. God. Then you have God's part. Our competence is from God. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
And all of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed. We are being, I'm not transforming myself, I am being transformed into the same image from one degree, from one degree of dealing with anger, from one degree of glory to another. You don't have to recognize something and then be there. It's not possible. So we go from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord the Spirit. How cool is that? Let me tell you what my experience has been. I do what God has asked me to do in some cases. And then one day, a situation occurs, and then all of a sudden, I do the right thing. You know what's interesting about that? I go, wait a minute, that's not like me. Normally I get mad. Normally I get upset. Normally that bothers me when someone says that to me. And so my transformation has happened and I didn't even know it. I can't give you a formula for transformation because we don't know where the Spirit moves. You don't know where He's come from, where He's coming from, or where He's going. You just know He's working. And you know that He's taking you to a place. But how you get there is not that simple. But you will get there. And let me tell you, the freedom that I have in Christ is because of my life in the Spirit. Are you with me? Now, I've got a long ways to go to have that perfect, where He said, be perfect as your Heavenly Father, that complete wholeness. And it probably won't be until the day the Lord returns which that's fine. I just want to be there. Okay? Now the next. This, I love this passage. Your words were found because you sought, out, you sought them out, right? If you, if you don't spend time with God and His Word, guess what? You're not going to find anything. And I ate them. Ate them. You chewed on them like a cow chewing on its cud. And you, you meditated on it, and you thought about it, and you used your imagination, you used your senses, you used your memory, you used all of these things, and your words became to me a joy and a delight of my heart. Where you sow the words is in your heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. I want to close out with this passage, a passage I'll know very well. I therefore urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies... This right here. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, where the psalmist says, Do not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of mockers. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, what's in your heart, the way you think, the way you believe, then, this, this to me is a, one of the critical pieces of this passage. Then you will be able to test. 
when you read it and know it at first, you don't really know if it's going to work. And the only way you're truly going to have faith is when you've lived something and experienced it. Most of us have a knowledge faith. We don't have a heart faith. I was talking to a guy the other day who is from a charismatic background. And uh, obviously I'm not from a charismatic background. And, uh, and he said, you know, people try to debate me about miracles and all this sort of stuff. And he said, all I can tell you is what I've experienced. I'm not going to argue with anybody about what I think is right and what I think is wrong. I can just tell you what I have experienced. And that's my only testimony. I'm not here to prove another church wrong or another person wrong. I'm just telling you, this is my life in Jesus. Does that make sense? Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's pray. Our Father, we come before You praising Your great and holy name because You are the Almighty. And because of Your love for us, You have pursued us. And through Jesus, You have drawn us to You through Him so that